What is up? It's Monday, April 26th, and you're listening to episode 20 of the Chasing Points podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. I'm Sam. I'm Random Draft Guy. And that's Brandon. Hey. Hi, Great Sam. Good job, Ace. <laughs> You're How welcome. Are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm I'm great, man. Ready ready to uh, talk some draft tonight. Uh, NFL draft is on Thursday, uh, eight Eastern. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good night. I like how I kind of threw you off a little bit. You had to try to regather yourself, but well, I, we, I, you you recovered quickly. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I just you know I pointed at you and <laughs> you just kind of. St- stared into your microphone like Bambi. <laughs> i didn't really know what to do but we'll just we'll jump into it because we got a huge show and looking ahead tonight it's all about the nfl draft as i mentioned and we have a special guest that we're going to introduce in a second to join us today um we're also going to play do you care with some non-draft related news but first some big news for the podcast if you haven't seen on our social media and you should be following us on on Facebook and on Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast. We're really excited to uh, now be heard on part of the K104 WSPK FM uh, podcast network. So they're going to be hosting our podcast uh, and you'll be able to to get it in other places as well. Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. But a uh, huge shout out to, um, to K104 in the Hudson Valley, New York for hosting our podcast. And if you want to check it out, it's k104online.com slash podcast thank you very much guys we appreciate you and we appreciate everybody listening as well yeah absolutely and uh keep those reviews in and coming in and they're great and they go a long way but uh without further ado we have to introduce our special guest today a really good friend of mine and um you know one one of the nicest guys you'll meet dave sepperson and he is the coordinating producer at sports illustrated dave what's up man how are you Sam, thank you so much, man. I'm really excited to be here. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, Brandon, really nice to meet you. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun conversation. Hopefully, we'll uh, entertain and bring a little bit of insight into uh, some I, of the draft. We'll yeah, definitely entertain. Absolutely. Don't worry about that. We'll definitely entertain. <laughs> Dave, Dave, you're one of the, the biggest uh, draft heads I know and would want nothing else than to talk to the two of you tonight uh, leading up into the NFL draft that's going to take place in Cleveland on thursday so i think you know i think we should probably just jump into this uh i guess we have to start with the quarterbacks there could be you know four quarterbacks going one through four and i think that's never happened before i mean we could talk about trevor lawrence and i don't know what is left to be said you know i don't think we have to and and this is the most that i don't think we really have to talk about any quarterbacks outside of the first two uh because i think everybody well we'll talk about one in particular, but every other quarterback is, is a mystery at this point in time, but this is the most I've ever heard in a draft. I, I would probably say in my lifetime of people talking about quarterback, 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 and you don't really hear any other positions except for a few that we'll mention later on. Yeah. Dave, I'd love to, to get your input on, you know, this quarterback class and, you know, by all accounts, Trevor, and we all saw it in college, Trevor Lawrence, probably as close of perfect prospect as you could get, especially in comparison um, to some recent drafts. But, um, you know, what's your overall thoughts on, on the first, you know, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. 
So overall, I think this class has a ton of talent. There's a reason there's five guys who are all being talked about in the first round, in the top 10, all sorts of random things. I, For the record, I do not believe all five are going that high. I believe there will be three. And then I think there is going to be some trade-ups or some guys are going to fall. Um, but yeah, like you said, Lawrence, he's great. I am not on the like lock, not a bust bandwagon. I still think there are some questions to his game. I also have just questions about Jacksonville. I believe that great quarterbacks, depending on situations, can have great careers. Lawrence has an incredible amount of upside. But let's be honest, Jacksonville, they have had some issues over the past, uh, <laughs> the entire franchise's history of winning, sus- sustainable winning. Uh, I believe Lawrence will be a big factor in helping them get Shame. that sustainability. But they need to surround him with talent. They need to protect him. And this is going to be a big draft for them. They have a lot of picks that are going to be really, really important to set up the future of this team. And Urban Meyer leading the way. Um, just do you, do you think Urban Meyer in 2021 can lead a NFL franchise that has been this. so? Boring. I didn't want him to be the Jets head coach. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I hope he falls flat on his face. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'm not going to open that. That's fired guys. from the Penn State fan. But also, uh, Jacksonville is where quarterbacks go to die. So um, there's that too. So uh, I pray for uh, Lawrence, for sure. <laughs> well, as as uh, Dave and I, disclaimer, both Jets fans, and, you know, I hear Trevor Lawrence, and I just kind of get this, like, twitch. Because, <laughs> you know, he should, you know, he should be the Jets quarterback. But that's not happening. So let's just talk about Zach Wilson. You know, a lot has been said about the throw of the pro day season. Uh, Dave, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on zach and you know what kind of quarterback the jets are getting at number two because by all accounts that's all but locked up at this point yeah i think it's a lock he's going number two they're not talking about it which i never understand like i guess like listen things could happen so you have to keep it like secure but like we all know it's coming down uh so the first thing i noticed when i watched him was like he looks smaller than he actually is like Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know if it's like it's just his frame but he just he comes off like small when you look at him but then like you see his measurables you're like oh wow He's a pretty average NFL size six two, right? Yeah. Two, so it's like you know, it's yeah. not like he's like short, but I, I think the frame just kind of throws you off when you first see it him. It does for sure. Um, you know, I, the only concerns I really have with Zach Wilson are injury history, because but with any NFL player uh, and a special quarterback, you never know. Players who have had injuries come and play fifteen year careers and they're fine, and some have recurring injuries. So it's kind of those things. It's gamble. You never know what's gonna happen. Uh, the other thing that is a legit concern is level of competition. You know, playing at BYU, he did have, I don't want to call it a cupcake schedule because all these teams play hard, but, you know. You can call it that. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not as impressive as when you see a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence going up against the competition there. So you have to take that into consideration. But they always say you watch a quarterback and you measure him for what he could be, not what he is. And when you look at Wilson and what he could be, Man, oh, man, it just kind of makes you drool a little bit. For the record, I've been a Sam Donald guy forever. I always wanted them to keep Sam, Sam. draft skill position players, build everything around him. Because I believe that about this, about Wilson. I think Wilson has incredible talent. He can grip it and rip it. Great release. And his throws look effortless. It's like he just flicks the ball and is like 50 yards down the field. I think his accuracy is very good. And you'll hear me say this probably 10 times. I think with quarterbacks, accuracy is so important. It's not something you can teach. They either have it or they don't. Um, and he has it. So I think, and especially deep, 
awesome accuracy. So mm-hmm. I, I think all those traits uh, are really important and are really going to make him a good professional. But in saying that, the NFL is a high-octane offense league, and you need players around you who can get the ball and be dangerous. We talk about a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who Wilson's compared to, which is crazy to me, but I understand what people are saying. <laughs> right. But you look at Mahomes, and who does he have? He's got Kelsey. He's got Hill. He's got some incredible offensive weapons. Coming to the Jets, Davis is a good signing. He's a, good, he's a legit NFL receiver who can catch the ball. Is he a game-breaker? I don't think so, but I think he's a very, very good NFL receiver. And then Denzel Mims, who showed us flashes of what he could be, but is not by any means a finished product. Then you got Jameson Crowder, fine NFL veteran receiver. But when you look at those three guys, do you think like, wow, game breaker? To me, the answer is no. So Wilson, he can come in and be really good. But in the NFL, you need to put up 30 points a game on offense. You can't be putting up 14, 21 points and think you're going to win. And I, I don't think they're going to be there right away. So this is a long-term projection and who knows they don't have a backup quarterback right now that's so true yeah. he might need to start game one uh, that's scary it's scary they better they joe douglas from my lips to god's ears please draft us some <laughs> offensive linemen protect this guy at all costs because if you put him out there and he gets killed and he gets injured and his confidence gets shot we are so screwed well, I think you're in good hands because of Joe Douglas. And I think uh, being an Eagles fan, I'm jealous that you have Joe Douglas. But I also wanted you guys to keep Sam Darnold because that is actually the only UFC quarterback that I actually liked. Um, and he didn't get a fair shake. But I also, uh, Sam and I talked about this on previous podcasts, is Joe wanted to get his guy. Like, this is my guy going forward. This is who I chose. So now I have this and now he can build the team the way that he wants to so I think that's going to be interesting for your team but uh, he has he has the arm strength as you said he has that downfield accuracy which you want to be able to see in your young quarterback to stretch the field uh, and seeing that and seeing what he's done in his pro day and and kind of seeing some of the flashes in BYU again cupcake schedule uh, but I, I do think you have a great young talent uh and getting him when they do draft him, but it's just what are you going to put around him and what are you going to do to protect him? That's the biggest issue. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. And, you know, we've talked about pro days, Johnny Menzel coming out and in a helmet. And who's that? Blessed and Drake and Sam Darnold in the rain. Remember, Kyle Bowler could throw like allegedly like 80 yards on an, on his knees or whatever. So like, you, yeah, I mean, that was a great throw. And I'm I, I look at his highlights and I get excited and I see it. I know frame isn't much of a, you know, as much of a to do as it it used to be. You see Kyler Murray, you see the success Russ Wilson has had in this league, Drew Brees. Um, So yeah, hopefully, yeah. Your lips to, to God's ears. Like let's, as a Jets fan, let's do this. But this, you know, this draft really begins at number three. I think everyone thinks with the 49ers and this Mac Jones, talk can this really happen is this a this has to be a smoke street screen this can't be i'll i'll start by saying it could be but i don't think it is because they don't have any reason to throw out a smoke screen if if what we know is true and we all believe Lawrence is going one and wilson's going two what does that help them what like if that information is getting out there like there's no reason like what they want fields and then just say you want fields because like 
what do you think? Somebody's going to trade up with the Jets? Like, yeah. The Jets aren't trading the second pick. They're picking their quarterback. So, like, nobody's jumping you. You know who's probably going one soon. So, I don't know. Smokescreen to me seems weird. It's possible they believe he's the guy. And we've like we've seen this before. It only takes one team to fall in love with a player and say, this is our guy, and we're picking him. And a lot of other people might disagree and say, Mac Jones shouldn't be the third quarterback pick. I don't believe he should be, too. I believe he's – I have him as my fifth year for the record. But, listen – I have, I have been right about players before. I thought Russell Wilson was going to be a star. He was. I've been wrong about players. I thought Josh Allen was going to be a bust. He's incredible. So you never know. And I think everyone who watches the draft, who talks about this, who you know studies these players, you've had players who you've been right about, players you've been wrong about. So listen, Mac Jones, he might be super special. He's obviously a very talented quarterback. You know, We talk about his accuracy. It's incredible. His efficiency. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks I've ever seen. And he looks like the perfect quarterback, and he's got a great build, all those things. But there are things there about his game that I don't love. Like one source told me uh, that he could struggle handling blitzes and figuring out protections. And so that's very concerning. Now, that is not to say, say some, that's not something you can't learn to get better at. You absolutely can. And with good coaching on the right system, he could potentially fit in. And San Francisco's got a great system, a very good coach. Um, so he could end up having a great career, and that could become a nothing. But I look at some of these other guys and some of the potential upside. I'm a huge Trey Lance guy. I've run him a little while. So I would – and Justin Fields, for the record, I think is incredible. I do not understand for one reason why people are, like, basically, like, crapping on him. And Thank him you. Fall. I don't get it. He's very, very talented. We've been – yeah, we've been the Justin Fields podcast here, yeah. like, not understanding yeah. why right he there, could potentially yeah. fall. It hurts my soul to champion uh, uh, a Buckeyes quarterback, but he also did commit to Penn State first, uh, just just in case people didn't know. But anyway, oh, he did. yeah, I didn't I, know he, that. he did. He did. Yeah. I know it. it. That's why it breaks my heart a little bit because I know how good of a talent he, he is. Uh, but just the fact, like like you were saying, I, I don't understand why there's all this talk of him sliding so much. You're missing out, I, honestly, in my opinion, outside of the 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 Trevor Lawrence. I think, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback that you're going to get right here, and I think he's going to be one of the guys that stands out from this draft for sure. Yeah, if if you were – so if you were the John Lynch and you're picking third in this draft, who would who would you take, Dave? You're, you're thinking uh, Trey Lance here? So I love Lance, and here's the thing. I think he's got incredible upside. We have just seen – we've just scratched the surface of what he can do. He's only played – I think it was one year last year, his first year – so there's not a lot of tape to watch, but when you see the, 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 you know, the intangibles of what he can be, he's got incredible velo. It's honestly like if you're watching a pitcher throw a fastball, like that's to me what it looks like when he throws a football. It just explodes out of his hand. He's got great footwork, really big frame. Um, I think he had a solid touch on his short throws when I watched his pro day. Um, I thought his deep ball sailed a little bit um, and a few overthrows, but not anything that was crazy. Um, I mean, he can run, and one of the best comps I saw to him was somebody said uh, Steve McNair, and I thought that was a really, really mm. good comparison. Wow. Uh, that is like the kind of level of talent I think eventually he could be with the right coaching, with the right system. He, man, and he he needs to sit. Like for the record, I actually think the best spot for him would be Atlanta. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback, but I really think they should. Matt Ryan is awesome, and he's still a very good quarterback. But Matt Ryan is getting up there. He only has a few more seasons left in his career. Having a guy like Trey Lance who could sit behind him and get that mentoring from a very, very good all-pro style quarterback could only help his uh, progression. And 
I'm not saying he's going to be like Aaron Rodgers, but I think you could go from like a, you know, bar Rodgers scenario potentially to a Ryan Lance scenario and just have your quarterback set up. That's what I think they should do. I don't think they will. though. I think I agree with you on the fact that the Falcons should draft him. Uh, I'm going I'm to give you a pass on the Matt Ryan love that you gave. Uh, but uh, I do think Trey Lance has has the build that you want for a quarterback. Uh, when I look at him, it's hard for me not to look at Colin Kaepernick. And now I know Colin Kaepernick is, if he were to still be in the league, would probably be a solid backup quarterback, right? Potentially on some no-frills team uh, starting. But I just think his size, the way that you said he flings the ball and how it gets out so quickly, his legs. Uh, but hes I just think his build is stronger than Caps, right? He's hes a solid build uh, at, at a quarterback. I just still think the verdict's out on him uh, because we don't know. We haven't seen too much on him yet. Um, I think that there is there is a lot of upside, but we don't know. There's a lot yeah. of mystery to this 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 quarterback. Yeah, he played one game this year, right? Because yeah. of COVID and yeah, um, you know that's talk about you talk about competition with with um, Zach Wilson. Like, I I think Trey Lance, if it's Atlanta or if it's San Francisco, perfect spot because San Francisco is not in a rush to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They would have gotten rid of him already. I think you know, there's where could he go at this point? So, you know, to to be in a system like Kyle Shanahan system that just turns Jimmy Garoppolo into a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. At least he brought the team to the Super Bowl, right? He played, did he play well in that Super Bowl? I, you know, he missed some, some throws, but he got the team in the Super Bowl. So, you know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, the, the no rush ability to kind of just sit there and, and learn, but, you know, I'd rather, you know, I, I don't love, love Matt Ryan, but, I'd rather learn from Matt Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I totally, that. I totally understand that. I think, you know, you know, there could easily be four quarterbacks in a row here. And, and Dave, you don't think that Atlanta is going to take a quarterback. I just, I, I don't. Yeah. I just don't know what to think of it because if you're Atlanta, you have to assume you're not going to be in this position again. So this but is my I, argument. Yeah. I don't think Atlanta is like a player away from like, making a run in the play the postseason there's several rebuilding there's a reason they have a new head coach like listen i know matt ryan's not done i don't think he can't play football anymore so like i i I believe he could still be a good quarterback for this team but the players around him and the defense and all they have a lot of holes to fill i do believe they're going to take kyle pitts i think his talent is just so insane that they're gonna be like we got to take the best player on our board and to be fair i think he could be a lot the best player on a lot of teams boards because he's freakish athlete and i mean he's a wide receiver in a tight end body and he's going to be a star in this league i i i think if there's anybody you want to bank on being a nfl like pro bowl player kyle Puss, him. Is the guy. Yep. like yep. insane arm length insane hands he just everything he catches looks so effortless so i think they're gonna pick him i think or they might be able to say like somebody really wants him we could trade back or somebody wants a quarterback like if let's say it goes lawrence uh wilson jones there could be a team who falls in love with uh, Fields and says, hey, we're going to move up to four and go get our guy. Uh, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I think they still look at Ryan's contract. I believe he has three more years left on his deal. So they're probably thinking, you know, we have 
a three-year window with this guy to try and win a little bit. And we can always draft a quarterback in the second round or, you know, some, maybe somebody next year. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I think you have a top four pick and a very deep quarterback class. Get your guy, let him sit by a mat, let him learn. And, you know, so I, I have a question real quick since we were talking about them and this is just, just came to my mind right now. So what do you do with Julio? Do you keep Julio now? Because Julio is still a top 10 wide receiver in the league, right? Top 10 talent. Do you keep him or do you trade him and try to get pieces back since they're in rebuilding mode? I don't know the contract off the top of my head. I have to look it up. So I can't tell you like what the cap and stuff would be. I, would have a really hard time pulling the trigger on the GM trading a guy like that. Who's been one of the faces of your franchise who the fans still love and who is a still a top, I'd argue top five wide receiver. In the I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you are going to get a young quarterback, having a guy like that, that he can learn from and work with man. Oh man. That's you, you can make the case. Julio is underrated because he just doesn't score that many touchdowns. Yeah. And I mean, because he's getting double, triple teamed in the end zone and Calvin Ridley's benefiting from it. But, you, I last I looked, and, and this was before free agency started. I think that Atlanta's caps upside down. I think they were like thirty million over the cap or something. The cap is fake. The cap is not real. I understand. I understand. Under the cap in ten seconds in the NFL. I don't worry about that stuff. Yeah. So, really interesting there. I know Atlanta loaded up on on trying to fix their line, mm-hmm. offensive line last last year's draft too. So, be really interesting to see there, and you could make a case for Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater as well. Mm-hmm. Both tackles uh, going to Atlanta. And I don't think anyone would really uh, think twice about that. Something that you keep seeing this buzz and, and Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals is pounding his chest for his boy, Jamar Chase. And Jamar is, a, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on all these wide receivers. And I'll do that in a second, Dave, but um, cause I know where Brandon and I stand on them, but uh <laughs> The fact that at Cincinnati's, you know, all this talk is about Jamar Chase and not someone like Penesol, who, if these quarterbacks weren't in this draft, would would easily be, you know, could go second overall and it wouldn't be a, a thought as well. Um, the fact that Cincinnati's really all this talks about Jamar Chase and not improving your offensive line and protecting your franchise quarterback is is a little mind boggling to me. I'll say this a month ago before I jumped on the Zach Wilson, the Jets bandwagon along with everybody else and started, I was pounding my chest for Sewell all the way at number two. Cause I think he's that good. Uh, I would be, I wouldn't be stunned if the Bengals don't pick him. Cause I've seen the Bengals make some very interesting draft selections over the past few years. However, if I'm running the team, he's gotta be the guy you have to keep Burrow upright. You have to protect him. I understand the connection with Jamar, who is my number one wide receiver in this class. I think he's incredible. However, you have to protect your quarterback. And when you look at the wide receivers on the Bengals, they're not in bad shape. Boyd's good. I think T. Higgins was one of the steals of the draft when they got him. I'm a big fan of his. I wanted the Jets to get him very badly. Uh, so you already have two very, very good wide receivers. A third would be great. And obviously Chase would make them even more explosive. But it's it, especially with Burrow coming off the injury, I mean, that alone should just – be the end of conversation. If Sewell's there, he's the guy. Pick him. Have him protect Burrow for the next 10 years. Call it a day. Yeah, and, and Mixon really struggled last year, too. I mean, he had some some moments, but upgrading that line is only going to benefit to everybody there. Uh, you know, 
it's quarterbacks and it's it's these pass catchers. We already kind of touched on the freak that is Kyle Pitts, right, out of Florida, tight end. But you know, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, looking after the national title game, it was, you know, you could make the case that Devonta was going number one. Jalen Waddle is just a, a freak too. Um, this pass catching class is loaded. How would you guys rank them if if you're a, a team like the Philadelphia Eagles? that need a wide receiver, how would you rank these wideouts? I don't know if any of them actually even make it to the Eagles. That's the problem. You're such a jerk. First off, <laughs> I don't, I don't like think you for this. There, to be frank. I mean, I, I, uh, I think I go Chase, I go Waddle, and I go Devonta Smith in that order personally. Um, that's just how I, how I like them talent-wise. I, I just I think Miami's going to take whatever receiver is there. I think they want Pitts, and if he goes earlier, which I think he should, I don't think he'll be available, and I think they'll take Jamar Chase. Be incredibly happy because that'll be an amazing weapon for Tua. I still think Detroit's going to take Waddle. Uh, maybe they take Smith, but I just I think Waddle fits what they're looking for. Um, and man, I could see Carolina taking a receiver. I could see Denver taking Smith. I don't know if he, they fall. One one of them could fall to twelve, but man, I just I don't see it. But the that's the good thing about this draft. There is an insane amount of wide receiver talent in the in the first round in the second round and even guys could fall all the way to the third so i'm not taking a wide receiver personally i because of the amount of talent there is in the back end um especially for the eagles we can get into them if you want but because they got they got a lot of problems and a lot of holes to fill not just wide receiver well to answer your question sam uh and I think Dave said it kind of perfectly. I, I, once they traded the six pick, I think they traded themselves out of uh, a wide receiver. Uh, the only way I see that happening is if there's somebody trading up to try to get the quarterback of the future for themselves or an uh, offensive tackle or something completely different. Um, but with the fact of Micah Parsons potentially going to the, the Broncos, I think that also bumps things back, but depending how, what happens with these quarterbacks? I think that's going to change where Kyle Pitts goes is going to change things. Uh, but also hearing the rumors that the Eagles are trying to trade uh, Ertz, that could be a play for them to get back higher and there and still keep their three picks next year, uh, which would be interesting in itself. But um, I, I don't think those quarterback, uh, those wide receivers make it to uh, the Eagles, but I, I think it's chase uh, Devonta Smith for me and then Waddle. Uh, but I think, I think the Panthers are definitely taking either Waddle or Devonta Smith. I don't think either one of it's one of the two, but it's definitely going to be a wide receiver for their pick for sure. Are we sure that the Carolina Panthers are not taking quarterback? I feel very confident. The answer to that is a resounding yes. I don't, I don't see a world where you trade a future second round pick get Sam Arnold, and then say, Hey, we're also going to draft a Lance or Jones or somebody to say it just doesn't fit with what I think their strategy is. I think if anything, I think they're going to trade Bridgewater and I think Denver could be a landing spot. Uh, and then you use an asset. Like, listen, you want to take another quarterback, go in the second round and get like a Kyle Trask who I think has, you know, solid upside and could like maybe one day, you know, be a starter in the NFL, but you listen, Darnold, he's so young. I've said forever. He was totally, uh, used and abused by the jets they gave him a terrible head coach zero offensive help and we're like hey man solve all our problems and it was just never going to happen that's not to say sam didn't make mistakes in the nfl he threw some very bad interceptions however you look at what he's going to be going to play with in guys like mccaffrey and more 
Uh, they have a lot of talent. I just don't see another quarterback being on, on the board. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I'm just being devil's advocate here. And they have till <laughs> the Panthers have till Monday to pick up his fifth year option, which I assume that they're going to do. He's yeah, going into will. year four now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, just being devil's advocate here. So we, you know, we touched on the quarterbacks here, uh, touched on, the, you know, the top receivers here. And um, one quarterback that's getting a lot of love, late love here is is Davis Mills from Stanford. Don't know how much you've looked at his tape, Dave, or know of him, but. I've watched I, zero Mills tape. I can tell you that right Okay. So didn't play a lot at Stanford. I think he's only started 11 games or so but you know when you get to the back of the first round and you get teams that are ready to you know kind of trade up and get that fifth year option do you take a do you take a a chance on a guy like this you saw it with teddy bridgewater you saw it with lamar jackson could brandon you're shaking your head what I'm shaking my head because you're literally the first person I ever heard talk about this quarterback. I've never heard anybody (laughs) talk about this quarterback to this point in time. So I'm sitting here like from Stanford. And yes, out of all the quarterbacks that are talking about, like I haven't heard anybody talk about him at all. So I I don't think he even maybe I made him up breeze upon uh, Maybe he's my creative player in Madden. (laughs) Well, we're not going to your Madden career again uh but i I don't think he even sniffs the first round um just to be honest if anybody that that's a smoke screen right now teams are talking about him um but i don't think he even touches the first round if he exists right dave i will say i've heard about him i have not watched him but i know him i know that he's definitely in the conversation as a probably second rounder Uh, i don't know first but it's possible Mm. listen like it just takes one team to follow somebody it does it does get picked in the first round we're like what are they doing it happens uh I don't think it'll happen, but hey, if somebody, if the Patriots want to sneak back into the end of the first and pick them, I mean, are people going to go crazy? Probably not. They're like, oh, they're geniuses. Bill Belichick. All right. We'll see. Davis Mills' name will, will be brought up in this draft yeah, on, I, on day I one, I promise. I agree. I think it'll I, be brought up. They always talk about That's quarterbacks. Right. Of course, they'll be brought up. Yeah. Did he get picked? Yeah. Well, with with all these pass catchers and, and um, quarterbacks being talked about and potentially going in the top 10 it's really going to let a lot of these uh talented defensive players or tackles or you know uh wide outs later in the draft really really fall to some teams michael parsons from uh, uh from penn state or patrick sertan uh jc horn from ohio state there's going to be a lot of great players guys is there any what we're talking about kind of some of these falls and not necessarily because of talent just teams picking because of need any players here that you guys are excited about later in this draft uh later in the draft i mean i'll tell you who i want the jets to actually even trade up for uh is elijah Veritaka, the guard slash tackle from nice. the sc i'm a yeah. huge fan if they, honestly if joe does told me he's trading the 23rd pick and like a third rounder or even a second rounder to move up and get him I'm not freaking out. I'm going to be pretty pumped because I think he's going to be really, really special. Um, so he's somebody I'm definitely intrigued to see where he falls. It's probably somewhere in the 15 to 20 ish range, uh, according to everything I've looked at. So he's, he's somebody I'm looking at. And then uh, Christian Derisaw, the offensive lineman. Um, I, I've seen people who like him better than uh, Sewell. So 
I oh, wow. like Sewell better, but uh, I'd be very interested to see where he goes because obviously a lot of people like Slater as well. I believe they have him rated, but uh, Derek saw someone I'm very intrigued to see where he goes. I think, or at least for me, I would love to see a defensive player come to the Eagles uh, because the that has been non-existent for quite some time. Uh, so uh, Patrick Sertan, you know, Michael Parsons. I don't think Patrick Sertan falls that, that far, uh, especially with the Cowboys at 10, um, unless the Cowboys decide to trade back uh, and try to get as, as you uh, – as you mentioned, uh, J.C. Horn or a, uh, a Caleb Farley, I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, Patrick Sertan is literally the best corner in this whole entire draft. Uh, you okay? You have something to say about that? So I'm, I'm <laughs> really curious split. to hear what you have. Who do you think is the best corner? Because you just said something. You had a face. So I know a lot of people have Sertan number one, but for me, it's Caleb Farley. I just, I look at him, and. His talent is insane. It's crazy how good he is. Uh, he's got the back injury and he had the surgeries. And so I think that is a big red flag for a lot of teams. And from what I've heard, teams are really, really conscious of uh, injuries and injury reports this year because it sounds like it's been tough to get exact medicals on guys and kind of like getting their hands on them and like be able to like kind of, you know, work through stuff with their own uh, team physicians. So maybe he slips because of that. But when you talk talent-wise – I mean, this. I think he's only been a cornerback for two years. He was a quarterback who then became a wide receiver who then transitioned to corner. But if I'm not mistaken, it was his first first game as a cornerback. I think he had two interceptions in his very first game playing the position. Like, the guy knows how to just get up and get the ball. Um, and that is really important as a cornerback. He's physical. He's big. I just – I think he's going to – whoever takes a gamble on him could hit a grand slam in this draft because someone's going to get him at a much lower value than he probably should be. Arizona Cardinals. That's who I see him going to, to replace my boy, Patrick P that's, that's where I see him falling to because what they're trying to build out there is a young core with some, you know, valid pros. Uh, I don't know how much JJ has in tank, but I I think they still are going to have a formidable uh, defense, but I still got Sertan and, and I'm basing that off of, I'm not like a big school guy. Like I hate Sam and I've talked about this many times. Like I don't like the guys that are coming from the big schools and just everybody's rah, rah about them. Um, because outside there's obviously certain ones that are going to always pan out and do what they have to do coming from school because of the talent that they faced. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm going with this time with Patrick Sertan uh, watching his film against Kyle Pitts was the guy that we said is is the guy that is probably going to be uh, the can't-miss uh, player to draft. Patrick Sertan blanketed him, and uh, he played extremely well against him for a guy uh, that can play inside, outside, wherever, line up anywhere. Uh, but I just think he's just extremely, extremely talented. Um, again, if he were somehow, some way to get past the Cowboys, if they decided to trade – I would love for the Eagles to do that, but they have a GM in Howie Roseman and he'll probably screw that up somehow, some way. So there's, I, I don't think he's even have a chance to mess it up. Cause I just don't see him getting best. Yeah. Yeah. Lighting him up next to Diggs on the opposite side just makes so much sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I do I believe agree. he's going to the Cowboys. It just seems like a lot. It, it, it does to me as well. It does to me as well, but yeah, I don't, I honestly, since Sam wanted to bring it up earlier, I honestly don't know what the Eagles are going to do. Uh, and now hearing the rumors of the, the trade with Ertz, as I alluded to earlier, uh, and trying to trade back up 
and and not really affect their picks next year. Uh, that could get really interesting. Uh, I might like Howie a little bit if, if he does something like that, but I still can't stand him. So I don't know what they're gonna do. I you're really gonna don't. get a pl- you're gonna get a player though at twelve just based on what you're I, I do agree. Before. I do agree. But Hell, I, you know, I, I don't know. It could it could be Devonta Smith. It could be you know Michael Parsons is a monster. Um, you know, uh, what's the the pass rusher from uh, Michigan? Uh, could, uh, uh, what's his uh, name? Was it Pay? Is that how you say last? Yeah, Quiddy Pay. Yeah, Pay could, Pay. could get him. It's you're in a good spot, dude. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. We're gonna do this pod next Sunday, and you're gonna be okay. You're gonna have a good draft. That's like me saying that to you as a Jets fan. Well, we have like, <laughs> like like what six picks in the first <laughs> yeah this year this year five, four <laughs> rounds or something like that. I feel pretty good about our general manager, so I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm um, too. I think I trust Joe Douglas. I think he's gonna make a good decision. He knows what he's doing. That's why I looked at it. Yeah, I I, I hope so. Uh, you know, let's touch on the running backs before we kind of wrap up our, our draft talk here. Probably consensus number one is Najee Harris from Alabama. Yeah, Travis Etienne is in that conversation as well. Um, the dude from North Carolina, what's that guy's name? Um, I don't remember. Um, Williams, right? I've only watched Harris and Etienne, and I Devontae agree. Williams. Harris will probably go in the first. I'm of the belief drafting a running back in the first round is not the worst decision, but probably not your best play there are a lot of great running backs who've come out of you know later rounds however when a player is special you got to take them um i'll if the jets pick at the end in the second round i'll be very happy because i think he's a playmaker and a weapon and as i mentioned before i don't think they have that speed is out of control in out of control so i would love to get a player like that and have the game-breaking ability that's the thing you, you want and Etienne has it harris is great too don't get me wrong he's quick Graceful feed, really strong. But, uh, you know, I think was everyone saying he's going to Pittsburgh. That seems like the consensus spot. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, James Conner's now gone. Mm-hmm. Benny Snell hasn't really shown that he can Hey, man, I, my, do anything. For, for the record, my wife is one of the biggest Maryland Terrapin fans uh, of all time. I've, I've probably watched more Maryland football than anyone should. Uh, so I've watched McFarland. I know how good he can be. I don't know if he's NFL running back one good. But uh, hey, if the Steelers want to go with him, she'll be very excited. She'll be rooting hard. <laughs> That's okay. No, uh, no Maryland slander on this show tonight, Hi. for sure. Uh, any, you know, before we kind of wrap up this draft talk, any kind of locks, any kind of anything you feel really good about, and don't say Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson going one two. Uh, you know, something you can plant your flag in. And then next week we'll we'll be like Dave was right, Hayes was right about this. Me, I have uh my boy Micah Parsons landing with the Broncos. I I think that he's I don't think he's getting past them. I think that's a perfect pick for them. Um, unless they ended up like you alluded to before, try to trade for a quarterback somehow, some way. But I, I in my opinion, I think Micah Parsons is lock, and that's a phenomenal pick for them. Uh, a lock. I think Najee Harris would be the perfect stealer. I know it was brought up. I, I put it in the notes here to give an example. I, I just think to replace James Conner, as I mentioned, would be great. Um, 
just, you know, he could prove that now he can catch the ball out of backfield, having an offensive guy like Sark, uh, Steve Sarkeesian as his offensive coordinator last year. Um, you know, I, I think he'll bring another element to that Pittsburgh offense. All right. The only thing I feel very confident about is I think the first five quarterbacks will all be gone by pick 15. I believe that if the wow. Patriots don't pick the last one, they'll all be gone before that. I do believe that. Okay. Five quarterbacks okay. on top of the Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. So that was, that was our draft talk. Dave, you got a couple uh, minutes you want to hang out and uh, love play to. Do You Care with us? I'd love to. Sweet. All right. You ready, Hayes? <laughs> you know I'm always ready for this. All right. Do you care? On the way to second base on Saturday when he hit a home run, San Diego Padres shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. turned towards the dugout, covered one of his eyes, seemingly teasing Dodger starter Trevor Bauer for occasionally throwing with one eye closed. After crossing home plate, Tatis imitated that Conor McGregor strut, Mm -hmm. And uh, Bauer also does that. And Bauer responded with, I like it and I'm all for it. And then there were allegations today that are zooming around the internet that Fernando Tatis peeked, looked down at, tried to look at the catcher and saw where either what was being thrown or where the ball was going, the glove was going as he hit that home run. Guys, we'll, we'll start with you, Dave. Do you care? Uh, yeah, I absolutely care. Uh, also, for the record, I'm a Met fan. I have a little bit of a slant against Trevor Bauer because he signed with the That's Dodgers. Fair. But I actually have to say, Trevor, thank you so much. I, I am so glad you are not a Met. Uh, I also think Tatis is one of the best players in baseball. I think he's one of those entertaining players in baseball. I am a huge fan. So anything he does, I care about. Uh, the fact that he, he kind of, you know, rubbed uh, Bauer's nose in a little bit. I'm not mad at it at all. I think it's funny. I think it's good for baseball. I've said forever, you need to market to players' uh, personalities. Tatis has, you know, personality for days. The man just oots uh, confidence, and he's just, he's so much fun to watch. So I love it. Uh, and also, so what if you look down? Do you know how hard it is to look at something, recognize it, and hit it in that insane yeah. amount of time? Like, who even if he does, it still just shows how unbelievably talented the guy is. He's oh man, I love, I'm I'm rooting for him to have a Hall of Fame career. I just think he's so much fun to watch. I do care as well. Uh, <laughs> you know how I feel about making baseball fun because uh, uh, it's boring at times. Uh, but Tatis is the personality that they should be running with because he's unapologetic about anything that he does. Uh, the fact that. Bauer also is unapologetic about the things that he does as well. Uh, I think that's great for baseball, having personalities like both of these dudes uh, that even went to Twitter after this and Bauer saying, well, if you're going to peak, you know, you need to look for the actual call, you know, just ask daddy and daddy will tell you, which is hilarious. And then Tatis has a picture of basically like holding Bauer like a baby, uh, Absolutely hilarious. Bauer, actually, before we came on uh, tonight, well, well, you'll hear it on Monday, but Tatis hit another home run, uh, <laughs> just 
pimp the hell out of the ball uh, and does his little strut. I, I just love what he does when he runs the base pass, the base pass, uh, the base pass can't speak. Apparently now words are hard. Um, <laughs> and what he does when he's rounding third base is, is absolutely hilarious. A little stutter, salsa, merengue type step. Uh, but I thought the funniest thing about all of this is they were talking about this uh, Sunday night baseball with Alex Rodriguez, and they asked him about him looking down and saying, do you think he actually did that? I was just like, A-Rod, you should probably just pass on this one. <laughs> like, yeah, just just don't say anything about cheating or anything like that because you're the last person people are going to listen to. But I don't think even if he looked down, like Dave said, you're going to look down, be able to look back up, hit that square square on the sweet spot, and then do everything that you did. I, I I think that's damn near impossible. And if that is what he did, then all kudos to that man. He deserves everything that he de- that he gets. I, I I totally care. This is like the as you guys mentioned, the perfect storm of personality and something that this game needs. You know, we're not talking about bat flips or anything for once. And uh, these guys are both out of control in great ways. Uh, I I mean, Bauer is in everyone's cup of tea. I guess you could say the same thing for Tatis, but, you know, Tatis is the future of baseball, and let's hope he has a Hall of Fame career, especially if you're a Padre fan, signing him to, you know, 13, 14 years or whatever. But, um, yeah, and I actually liked A-Rod's answer, saying that maybe he was looking to where the the glove Glove, was because I don't know if you could actually be able to see the signs anyway. And then to be able to interpret Science. It's not like this isn't little league where you're throwing down one finger, right? You know, two with the it's a breaking ball. You you know you we're not doing that. So yeah, totally. That was kind of a layup, but fun story over the weekend. Tatis on fire, hit five home runs as of this recording, um, in the last uh, three games. So shout out to uh, one of my our fraternity brothers who left him on his bench all weekend in fantasy baseball. I won't name names. That's terrible. Uh, Hey, Steph Curry was asked if he's the MVP this season. And uh, he said, I mean, I got to be. I probably won't get it, but whatever. Hayes, you care? You know I care because he is the MVP right now. Uh, LeBron's injured. Harden's injured. Uh, Joel Embiid came back. He's he's balling again, but he's it's not the same as what he once was. at the beginning of the season, uh, Giannis is there, but Steph, what he's done in that little stretch, uh, scoring and and just dropping thirty points in like 15, 20 minutes is is unheard of. This man is an absolute monster, and the fact that he's healthy when he is healthy, he is the best point guard in the league um, because of what he does shooting wise. Because he is the greatest shooter to ever grace the hardwood. Um, but yeah, he's he's the MVP right now. I, I don't see anybody else really surpassing that. But he like he said, he's not gonna get it. It's just it's a popularity contest. He's not gonna get it. He's not the most popular player anymore. Um, but he deserves it. So yes. Big Reggie Miller fan, Dave, right? The biggest Reggie Miller fan. He is my You're like the only fan. Reggie Miller fan I know, especially uh, I'm surrounded by Nick fans. I can't me too. Trust can't me. Believe it, but, hated what, me for up one. What do you think uh, of Steph's comments and and who's the MVP of of the season so far? So absolutely care. Love Steph Curry. I think he's one of the best players I've ever watched. 
he is not the MVP. As good as he's played, and I can make an argument that he's probably playing the best basketball at the moment, but this has been a really, really, really interesting year because I think everyone thought it was going to be LeBron. He was like, like slam dunk. They, they messed it up. He should have won one. They're going to give him like kind of his redo. He was already earning it. He got injured. He's not going to win it. Uh, I think Durant was in the conversation. He got injured. He's not going to win it. Harden was in the conversation. He's not going to win it. And Bede was in the conversation. I don't think he's going to win it. Giannis is in the conversation. Don't think he's going to win it. I think the guy, and it's funny you said uh, name. I think he's going to be a non-name player, but somebody people don't give enough credit to. I think he's going to be Jokic. I think yep. you look at his numbers, he deserves it. Like he's been unreal this season. And I know we normally don't like, and I don't want to say like we don't give it to Bigs because Giannis is one of like, but like mm-hmm. you don't look at him the same way you look at like Jokic. Um, I just think statistically he's been awesome. Uh, Denver's very, very good. And as good as Steph's playing, and trust me, we've seen what the Warriors are without him, and it's unwatchable basketball. Uh, Jokic, he deserves it. He's been healthy all year. He hasn't missed any time. His numbers have just been off the charts. And the team's really good. And so I think you take all that into consideration. I don't see how Jokic doesn't win the award. Oh, it sounds like you're going to say something. I, I, I was. Um, rebuttal. I, I do have a rebuttal because I, I can't argue the fact that he's been playing out of his mind this year. And that team has been absolutely phenomenal this year, but you said exactly why I believe he's not going to get it is because of him being a big. And I think that is going to go against him, which it shouldn't, it shouldn't at all, but I think that's, what's going to go against him. That's the only thing I feel that would stop him from getting it. Period. I, I think when you look at most valuable player and i all season been been pounding the table for Jokic. I think he's great, especially, you know, you mentioned that the big man's abandoned in, in the in, uh, NBA, but you this Warriors team without Steph Curry and Clay last year, you saw what happened. And now so there's still no Clay. Draymond Green is not the player. I said that I think I said you could probably just take what I said last week and insert it here. Steph's playing out of his mind now. Maybe this is a, you know, we mentioned you mentioned LeBron's, you know, award because he doesn't get it. Like Giannis is never going to win another MVP because of this kind of thing. Conversation is this maybe Steph's, you know, thank you award. Who knows? Giannis is definitely going to win more MVPs. But well, my, yes. my, I hope. I hope so. He yeah, definitely. Will. He's going to be. Two in, yeah. But what I'm saying is like two in a row. Yeah, he's not going to win this year. But do voters get tired of him? But it's tough because, like, yeah, listen, we know how bad the Warriors are. And listen, they're still only in 10th place. So, like, how good are the Warriors even with Steph? Like, you know, the Nuggets have been, like, they're, you know, somewhere in the middle of the pack. They're a 3, 4, 5 seed. But, you know, I just, I don't know. You still have to give me a team that's winning on top of the best player. You know, like, we've seen guys who've got it on, like, I don't say bad teams, but not as good teams, but had, like, padded stats. I like guys who have those insane numbers and are on a really good team. Jokic has that. I don't, I just I don't see any argument for why you shouldn't give it to him. And I'm hopeful that the voters, who I believe are very, very smart, uh, will give him will give him his due. I agree, but I think this stirs up a bigger conversation that should be talked about in a later pod about what the MVP actually means in the NBA, because I think that's been a conversation for years of it's a popularity contest when sometimes the best player doesn't get it. And it's just like, wait, so if you're the most valuable player, what does this really mean? So I think 
that is a whole nother topic in itself. And I think that's what, what happens. It, it, LeBron should have gotten it for like the last 10 years. If we're being honest about it, like LeBron has been the most valuable player because literally if you're wherever he goes, he goes to the finals. Yeah. So it, it, that says something about him and himself. So I, I think that's something to argue about, but Again, we'll save that for another time. I agree. because, And I'll throw this if you do have a conversation. I hope you guys will bring it up. If you're talking about the most valuable player to be added to your team, to me, that player is actually Chris Paul. Because what yes. he's done yes. absolutely, yes. absolutely, real. And, like, you're talking about a player who deserves being, like, consideration for, like, most valuable. That's the guy. He has turned that team. He turns he every team around that he gets on. Every team. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's – he's listen, he's – I've – Always said he's one of the best point guards I've ever seen play the game, and he's an incredible talent. Uh, to be, to, he's at this point of his career where he's just underrated for being, you know, despite the fact that he's such a superstar, and and to be able to just, I mean, he went to Oklahoma City and just had that team playing, and now Phoenix, and he that team's balling, and he's leading the way, but he's doing it the way Chris Paul does it. And he's just, he's, he's clutches. He's doing it the way that a true point guard does it. He's a mold of what you saw from point guards from the nineties to a point guard in the early two thousands. So it's still, he has flash. He can cross the hell out of you, but he can also still break you down fundamentally and kill you with assists. He's, he's what a point guard is supposed to be kids. If you're watching basketball and you want to see, you want to be a point guard, watch him because he is, in this league is the most fundamentally sound point guard in the league and has been for like the past 10 years. So it would be him. All right. Kobe Bryant's five-year post-retirement extension with Nike lapsed this month. Um, Vanessa Bryant and the Kobe Bryant estate elected not to renew the partnership. Uh, Vanessa later confirmed that there's going to be two final drops of kicks with Nike Hayes, you host the For the Love of Hype sneaker and streetwear podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you should Google it. It's a great time. I'll I'll give you the floor first. You're the resident sneakerhead. Do you care? I absolutely do. Uh, And I've had time because I talked about it on on that pod as well. Uh, There's a couple of things that go into it. Uh, It kind of left a sour taste in my mouth from Nike that they didn't give Kobe Bryant a lifetime deal. Uh, Kobe, you think of Kobe Bryant, uh, you think of Nike. Yes, of course, he was started with Adidas, but you don't think of Kobe Bryant and Adidas. You think of Kobe Bryant and and the Nikes um, and everything that he's done, especially with his commercials, the mama mentality, everything that's gone into him, the celebrities that have been in the commercials, so on and so forth, right? Um, and how his shoes sell out at a rapid pace. Uh, there's actually a statistic that 20% of NBA players are wearing his sneakers. A man that's not even playing anymore. A man that's unfortunately not here with us anymore. Uh, 20% of the league is wearing his sneaker to this day. Um, that will soon end because they won't be any new ones. So unless people are obviously wearing uh, some that are part of their collection or end up going out and buying more. Uh, so I think in that aspect, it, it didn't sit well with me because I love Nike. Uh, but I also know that Kobe was not too happy with his partnership with Nike anyway, uh, and potentially was going to leave and start his own brand, which is already trademarked by uh, 
Mamba. Uh, I forgot the actual term of it, but it's basically the company from there. But they've already been in the works of creating a sneaker. They were doing that when Kobe was still here. Uh, so maybe Vanessa also didn't want that to honor uh, Kobe and, and go ahead and and start that brand because there was a line for uh, Gianna that they wanted to do as well, too. So maybe that's what they continue to do, whether they go and partner with another company or they just solely take the trademarks and do something on their own. Uh, we'll see what happens there, but it, it's, it's kind of like a, a bittersweet feeling for me. That's where I'm at. So I do care. Dave. Yeah. I don't think, how can anyone not care? Uh, right. Kobe's, you know, one of the best players ever grace the court. Uh, I look at it from just one point of view and that's, uh, Whatever Vanessa Bryant wants to do, God yeah. bless her. Good luck. Yeah. Um, I, you know, if she wants to start her own shoe company, I hope she makes billions of dollars and I hope Kobe's legacy lives on forever through his shoes. I hope his daughter's legacy lives on forever through her, her shoes. Um, you know, and if she wants to go back to Nike one day, great. I, you know, whatever makes them happy, whatever makes them money, I, I you know, for what it's worth with your zero, uh, I just, I wish her nothing but success. And, you know, I just hope Kobe's legacy lives on forever. He was obviously just, you know, one of the top five best basketball players that's ever, ever lived. Yeah, I know something Vanessa's said publicly in the last year or so is that making making Kobe's shoes more accessible to everybody uh, and more kid sizes and, and just available, right? And if this is the opportunity to do so, and if it's regardless if it's not generational wealth for your family, you know, that's great. Uh, hey, someone on 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 for the love of hype said, and I don't remember who, but Co uh, Nike needs Kobe more than Kobe needs yeah, Nike. Absolutely. And I was thinking something along those lines before before I said it, and I could not agree with that more. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, rest in peace, Kobe, Bean, and uh, and Gianna, and and everybody else, and and you know. We'll we'll see what's up next. I I don't know what the the next drops are going to be there, but be interesting to see. And I'm sure they will not be lasting on the shelves very long. Oh no, they will not, not at all. Uh, breaking news from Ian Rappaport. Uh, basically, it's it looks like the 49ers are down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance. <laughs> so, at number three. So that that came in as we were chatting here, and and to. To wrap up here on, on Do You Care, NFL owners approved a proposal by the Kansas City Chiefs to adjust the restrictions on who could wear what jersey numbers. So, you know, we're talking about running backs wearing single digits and everything in between. It's gonna get it's gonna get weird. Uh Dave, what are your thoughts on this? Uh I care, not as much as Tom Brady, but I definitely care. Um <laughs> I'm all for it. You know, listen, with the amount of player numbers that have been retired and the amount of players that could, you know, play multiple positions, you know, we look at guys who could be, you know, down linemen and stand-up linebackers. Honestly, there are guys who could probably play cornerback and safety who could also put their hand in the dirt. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it's, you know, it's a number. I understand the issues of, you know, blocking downfield and, um, you know, illegal receivers and things like that. And that does make it hard for the refs, but so I, you know, but whatever the refs already make mistakes. So they'll just make more, um, who really <laughs> cares about that. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, feel, I honestly feel bad for people who like went out and bought like, you know, 
a player's jersey thing. I'm like, oh, cool, I got this guy's jersey. I'm set. And he's going to change his number. You know, like you're like, ah, it's kind of a bummer. And, you know, the team probably isn't going to do like a trade back system or anything like that. So that's things you got to buy more. So the NFL is going to make more money. The players are going to make more money. Um, you know, it's interesting that the players actually have to buy back their stock this year if they want to change. And then next year, they just get them for free. Um, I know it's been around forever, but it's just interesting. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I, I care. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what players do it. Um, but, you know, as long as none of them take number one, because that's going to Zach Wilson, then I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's just shaking your head. Uh, no, I, I agree with Dave. I'm, I'm, I do care. I, I do care. Cause again, I'm all, I'm all about having fun. Uh, it, what is it? You, you feel good, you play good. So if you got, these guys are getting the numbers that they used to have, regardless if they played a different position when they were playing pop Warner to, to now, um, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I mean, <laughs> Dave, Dave said it perfectly when it comes to the reps, the reps going to screw this up. Uh, but who cares? They screw everything up anyway. So it just is what it is. Um, I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit weird for all of us that have grown up playing sports, uh, playing football to be particular, uh, and seeing the numbers that you had and the choices that you had, and then seeing it now different. I think it's gonna be weird, but it's it, it'll become like second nature after like week three. Um, so you won't even care or even think about it. Uh, and if you really are hung up on that, then just don't watch. It's just, it's not a big deal. It's just a number that that's it yeah it's gonna get it's gonna get weird um at first i was like uh, i don't like this but i totally do i'm all for progression and and you know whatever makes everybody happy and it's gonna it's gonna look pretty cool but i do feel bad for you know someone who just bought a derrick henry number 22 jersey and he changes his number or something like that so um i'll, I'll say this as, though Go ahead. My favorite saying in sports is we root for laundry. And so, like, ultimately, it's all about the norm on the front. <laughs> who cares about the number? Who cares about the name of the back? You just want your team to do well. That's what truly matters. So, you know, the rest well, of the as a, Yeah, as a Jets fan with a Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold jersey hanging in their closet and a bunch of other garbage, I you know, I, I'm used to it. But, you know, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really cool. There'll be a little bit of an adjustment, but but it'll be fun for sure. Hey, you get... new... I have a Nugent jersey. Should I change that to Wilson? Yeah, you have a Mike Nugent jersey. Oh, Yikes. I, I just think people should be okay with it. Forgot I mean, you're... automatically you would get a throwback jersey if that player changes and throwback jerseys are worth something. So just sit on it for like 10 years and guess what? You'll have that and you'll be good. That's why I'm trying to give me a LaMarcus Aldridge jersey for the Brooklyn Nets because he played like five games and then had to retire because of his irregular heart. Uh, God bless him. But that jersey is going to be worth something because he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. So that's yeah. just well, something that Kobe, you get. Kobe's 24 and Kobe's eight. They both mean something. So, exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? If you're a good player, it doesn't matter what number you are. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to, to end this. I usually ask the question of what are you looking forward to this week in the sporting calendar? But I think there's one thing, and we just talked about it for 45 minutes. So uh, NFL draft starts. Thursday, eight Eastern round one and two and three are the next, uh, I think seven Eastern on, on Friday and then wraps up rounds four to seven on Saturday. Uh, anything else you guys, I had a whole speech. I was going to go to a really long diatribe about the NHL because the end of the season's coming and I'm a huge hockey guy, but I'm going to leave it at that. I've made a lot of sense. The draft is coming, but yeah, no, I'm very excited for the end of the season. Hey, there's something you're excited about. What's 
I'm a hockey guy at, at heart forever. And so a uh, handful of games left for everyone. The race for the playoffs is uh, is tight, and it's going to be very interesting to see where all these teams shake out. I'm very excited for the for the rest of the hockey season. Uh, I'm excited about what I saw uh, on Saturday. Uh, my fellow oh, here. Nigerian, Brandon's uh, UFC corner. Here we my, go. That this is going to be quick. My no, my, go ahead, my fellow Nigerian uh, Usman really, really went out there and showed everybody that he doesn't just wrestle, that he can punch your lights out too. Uh, it just looked like a scene from uh, from like Creed or, or Rocky where they put like all the water and then they just take the shot and all the sweat just flies off. Uh, but he cleaned Masvidal's clock. Uh, and at the end of it, they both were stand-up dudes with all the beef that they had in the world for each other. Stand-up dudes gave nothing but respect to each other, hugged it out, and it was just great sportsmanship and i absolutely love that that was a great great showing for ufc uh but it was also phenomenal to see the young ladies fight uh, i mean <laughs> thug rose you're phenomenal you're you're a queen i love the way that you fight that leg kick was nuts but i, I got nothing else on ufc if you don't you don't watch it now i mean after me talking about it all the time i mean that's on you what shots at me maybe <laughs> yeah so yeah so i uh i don't watch really any ufc and i, I get called out and now i'm get you know friends that listen to the podcast texting me like hey you watching tonight and i'm like half asleep and i'm like no i'm not even brandon last night and you knew i wasn't gonna watch it but i, I really I gotta i really gotta i really gotta start i really do he's been saying this for like we're on episode been, 20. Yeah. I'm just you, saying. You keep saying it, and it just doesn't happen. So, I mean. Did you see the Weidman kick? Like, I mean, oh I saw. Oh, my gosh. Well, I saw the highlights today, but. It's different it watching it live. Oh, totally. I mean, action. I've totally watched. Yeah. I've watched matches before. And... <sighs> You're a disappointment to me, Sam. Wow. Matches. Yeah. You mean fights? Jeez. This, matches. This, this is just this is hurtful, Sam. Is it not a match? Round. I call it a fights. Fight. Yeah. Am I wrong? Is this like calling Fight, a match? match it's, it's okay. I, I, I don't really. He said it feels weird. <laughs> I'm okay with either. <laughs> I don't know if there's a proper terminology for it. I know it's definitely a fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they call it matchup versus. I, yeah. We're not going to get into semantics. <laughs> I feel like to give uh, Sam a little guff. I think we're going to have a whole debate on that. <laughs> I'm used to it. Um, I'm used to it. Dave, thank, Dave Sepperson, thanks so much for joining you, us Dave. on thank the uh, Chasing Points podcast. You are welcome back anytime, my friend. I look forward um, to it. This was yeah. a blast. Thank you guys so yeah. much. And uh, I course. look forward to coming back. We'll talk uh, about everything that happens, I'm sure. Absolutely will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we'll be back next week to to do that. So, again, wherever you're listening to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, K104.7 or stitcher anywhere else thank you so much uh keep those reviews coming really appreciate it uh so for dave and for hayes i am sam until next week thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you soon you're gonna know what time it is guys it's you just already know what time it is listen if you're going to use the restroom please wash your hands before exiting the restroom you are disgusting people if you do not do this. Yes, it may be your own body, but guess what? Other people don't want to touch parts of your own body. So please 
wash your damn hands just for all of us there's disgusting things that come off people's bodies you stink wash yourself do something love you bye <laughs>